I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, the podcast of indeterminate length. And it's good that you're back. <laughs> I heard Tom soloed yesterday. I have not had a chance to check out the goods. You don't know what it's like. Well, actually, you do. Because <laughs> you've done it yeah, before, I do too. know what it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Although, I should warn you that I'm, I may not be as up on the news as I should be. That's all so right. So, I might not be very much help to you today. We got some, well, you can Ooh, just... But I have some news see. of my own. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yep, go ahead. Uh, regarding last week's long power book discussion, I have decided to wait on the power book. Okay. Because I think there will definitely be a new Apple power book within the next three months or so. And so I went ahead and ordered a refurb Mac mini from Apple that is sitting at my house right now. Yay. Yes. I got a text message from my husband that said a very small box just arrived. <laughs> I'll let y'all know how it goes. Are you sure you didn't order you something from Tiffany? Hmm, hope springs eternal, but I think it's a computer. <laughs> Knowing my husband, either way. All right. Well, uh, you were in Hollywood I yesterday. I was in Hollywood actually. yesterday. A uh, little party. Yes. Showing off some technology it's to the true. stars. I saw Ozzy Osbourne at Chipotle. Really? Yes. Well, it turned out to be an Ozzy Osbourne impersonator. All right. But he looked just like him. Well, speaking of stars, uh, TiVo is uh, up to some DRM. Now, this isn't exactly exactly TiVo's fault, mm. this digital rights management. It's Macrovision uh, that is behind it. The that company is, that makes the software that yeah. runs TiVo, yes. But uh, they now prevent you from recording certain shows if the owners of those shows uh, wish it. So basically, there are screenshots on the TiVo community uh, forums showing a guy who recorded King of the Hill, but it has a little red flag instead of a little TiVo smiley face, and when he goes to save it, it says you can only save it for seven days. You can't save it forever. That is unbelievable. And, hey, uh, you know what I can use to save a recorded show forever? A VCR. Or Windows Media Center. Or Windows Media Center. I'll tell you this right now, right here and now, the day that this shows up on my TiVo is the day my TiVo leaves my house. Now, this is going to be up to the individual company or uh, broadcasters to decide when to set this flag but another thing it does if you start watching a show mm -hmm. on it can also be set to auto delete within 24 hours <laughs> oh my god now i sort <laughs> of fury i i let me just state that i totally object to this entirely because we already have law on the books saying that if i want to record something i can like on a vhs i can record it and keep it as long I as i want permanently archive it according to fair use but that doesn't mean that they can't legally do this if they want. It's just a bad idea. And why does that not mean that they can't legally do this if they want? Well, because they are the authors of the software, right? So if they want to make this machine work in this way, that's fine. Right, right. They can't, they can't prevent you legally from doing it some other way, but this is the way they want their software to operate. And that's well, a key thing to, to realize is that the only way to combat this really is to not buy their software. I find that a little confusing that the Supreme Court can basically rule that it is legal for you to do this. But so then the software makers can come along and say, well, it's legal, but you can't. Well, no, the, the software Isn't makers saying our action? version of the software is going to prevent you from from doing this. Yeah. Well. So basically, you just it'd be like if somebody came yeah. out with a VCR that somehow prevented you from recording certain shows. You're you just correct. wouldn't buy that VCR. Right. Exactly. And I am I can. Only hope and pray that this means that no one will ever buy TiVo again. <laughs> it's a bad. I mean, I'm sorry. That's move. just unacceptable. Yeah. That the principle of digital video recording 
is to be able to save stuff and watch it whenever you want to. And we are moving. It's more than that. It's absolutely backward. We are moving to an on-demand world. Everyone knows it. Now here's It is painfully obvious. And in fact, we've been paying twice to watch shows on DVRs. We pay once to get the cable and we pay a fee to TiVo to watch it again. Well, you can argue three times because you watch the commercials if it's not a commercial-free show. Yes. So you're paying three times. So we've already paid three times to watch this on demand because that's what we want. And now they're going to say, you're going to pay three times to watch it on our schedule? Now, the guy who has the screenshots on the forum, uh, the suspicion is that someone at the broadcaster, because he doesn't have cable, he's getting in over the air, and that the suspicion is someone at the broadcaster has set these flags incorrectly because it's the idea behind it is to set them for pay-per-view events and, and things of great value. And mm-hmm. a two-year-old episode of King of the Hill isn't top of the list on the things that they're wanting to protect. However, that's just know. that's just the general suspicion. Well, and even if that's just a beta test or an accident, I, I don't actually care what the content is. Mm-hmm. That's I, I could go back to the VCR. <laughs> so there's a lot of places out there, including... Could this actually revive? Didn't we recently declare the VCR dead? Irixo.com. New life. Oh, no. There's no reason to go to a VCR. This is what I'm getting to. Okay. At Irixo.com, E-I-R-I-K-S-O. Or you can get to it at Boing Boing because Cory Doctorow is livid about this and has a whole posting about TiVo alternatives. Nice. That you can get. I love livid Cory Doctorow. A lot of the alternatives are geeky. It's open source software and you mm-hmm. have to install and they don't maybe work quite the way TiVo does. But mm-hmm. the guy at irixo.com, and I know I'm not pronouncing that right, but he did a lot of testing and said, you know what? Windows Media Center works really well. Mm. Now, the problem is, when is Microsoft going to jump in on this this game? Right. Because you know they're going to have to eventually if it catches on. Right. But for now... Well, but also, uh, there, this opens the door for other DVR makers. Oh, yeah. And other DVR software makers. Because yeah. they, you know, so far they've been pretty shut out. Replay TV couldn't manage to really hang on. But, you know, <laughs> what this, this actually probably for the first time opens up the DVR market. My pr- problem is I have TiVo at home. I have DirecTV. Mm-hmm. And it's still the best way to get two tuners. Are you, I know you yeah. have direct TV no, as well. But you know what? I will give it up. I will. I make that vow. All right. Here and now. You heard it here first. I'm not having that in my home. <laughs> I pay too much. Just spoiling the altar to of your watch the TV. <laughs> I'm serious about TV too, and I'm not having that. Now, another interesting uh, article on the register is related with IPTV. Now, tying in to IPTV and the TiVo DRM debacle. Scandal. As I am calling it. I like DRM The horror. DRM debacle. I like that, DRM debacle. Uh, But I I want some stronger adjectives, multiples. Register had a story saying, uh, just just kind of covering all the the various uh, things going on in internet protocol television, Mm -hmm. as people are calling it. Uh, And this could kill DVRs as a, a product type. Right. Because what it does is turns your television into a web type delivery system instead of a TV type delivery system. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about pull instead of push. With IPTV, you can just choose what you want to watch whenever. Right. So if the catalog is good and the pricing is right, you know, 25 yeah. cents, I can watch whatever 10 speed and brown shoe episode I want. Who? <laughs> it was one of Jeff Goldblum's early shows in the early 80s. Huh. But that's the point. <laughs> is, that, is that you can have that. That's something I can't do with DVR, but is yes. entirely possible with IPTV. Uh, this that, to me, seems like a no-brainer for the future of TV. I mean, one of the things that I like about my TiVo is that I have, you know, eight favorite shows, and I have no idea when they're on or what channel they're on. I, I, I don't know. I don't care. 
because I just watch them when I'm ready to watch them. And if this comes along, and I also have a network DVD player, so I can stream video from my computer to my home theater system, and it's excellent. So this comes along, I, I think you're right. I think this is the major threat to DVRs. If they don't, go ahead and just kill themselves first. Although, foot by foot. I said that. But you're still probably going to want to record things to keep them. Yes. And that's what's going to be interesting because this whole DRM thing with TiVo is about stopping you from keeping things. Well, and let's be realistic. IPTV is not going to be without DRM. No. No new software-based technology or internet-based technology is ever going to come out that is entirely free of DRM. So maybe that will save the VCR. Uh, I knew the VCR could be saved. Or you know what? Just somehow coming up with a device that doesn't use DRM, it's just a hard drive. It's just a hard just drive. records like I know. A VCR. Well, it seems ridiculous to me that you can't have a hard drive that you could just press record on. Yeah. You know, some open source software, some little widget, for crying out loud, that has a record button. All right. Well, now that you're back, we need to talk about Google. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't talk about Google? I was gone. Actually, I did talk about Google yesterday. All right. What's uh, Google doing now? Well, uh, so far they haven't bought CNET. That was what Phew. we talked about yesterday. I Motley saw Fool that. Article. I did see that uh, article. Very but they, interesting. They have launched their new blog. You stay away, search. Google. <laughs> <laughs> Back off. They have Back off. launched their new blog search tool, which uh, Technorati and others uh, out there are keeping a close eye on. Really? Right now, it's not perfect. It hasn't indexed quite a large enough amount right. to be useful. There's but a lot out there. You know what? It's Google. Yeah, and they'll, they'll get it done. I remember, they'll get do, you, done. do you remember when Google first sort of came on the scene as a search engine? I do. I remember that it didn't have everything then, and it but what it, it didn't had matter. worked really well. Right, exactly. And that's kind of the same thing we And that's where we are now. Here. So the principle is very similar to search, which is you search not for content, but for a topic. And the blog is related to that topic, not necessarily. So it's not like I'm searching for Hurricane Katrina and I find all the blogs that contain that. Yeah, well, it's it's. Do a, I only find blogs that are about Hurricane Katrina specifically no, dedicated to that topic? Postings, okay. about this from the blogosphere, okay, specifically. So it's kind of basically Google without all of the shopping and HTML, you know, non-blog right. pages. It's going to the the major blog. It's specifically blog results because yeah. their tagline here I find a little misleading. Blogs find search? blogs on your favorite topics. Which makes it sound like you're actually searching for specific blogs as opposed to the content within those blogs, which may be wide ranging. Well, I mean, to me, that, that's saying, irrelevant. Because that's why they shouldn't buy an editorial institution like us, because <laughs> this tagline is clearly not not properly written. You know, to me, it's irrelevant. <laughs> and this is where we have editorial arguments, because if you find a story on, what the, on the topic you're looking for, that's yes. the same as finding a blog. I mean, it would, Not be necessarily. Useless. it would be useless to say, just find the blog. Well, I know that's why the tagline is dumb. Tagline's fine. There's nothing wrong. Oh, we're, wrong. we're talking about this later. <laughs> I'm just baiting her. All right. Uh, <laughs> another thing I saw on Slashdot about Novell looking at Vista and mm-hmm. how complicated, which I talked yesterday about the seven flavors of Vista, the seven deadly Vistas. Okay. Um, and they're expecting that Linux might end up going on the desktop in a lot of corporate environments. Novell is expecting this? Yeah. And well, Novell also makes... Or Novell is hoping this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, really? How convenient expecting for Novell. Expecting slash hoping. So, <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah. We'll see. I mean, yeah. that's something that is pretty easy to say, but I, people have an infrastructure built around Windows. I'll say that this. It includes Windows Server. It includes Exchange. I mean, it's going to be a little harder for them to just untether because Vista is kind of hard. Linux is closer to being perfectly acceptable on the desktop than it has ever been before. Mm-hmm. Right now, to me, it's not so much about usability for Linux as it is about compatibility. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Linux on the desktop, 
it's going to be a problem if you have other offices that haven't or right. if you have close clients that you share documents with. I mean, it's not that it can't be done because right. I know the Linux users out there are jumping up and down and screaming at me right now. But <laughs> uh, it, it is difficult because I've yeah. gone to yeah. an, uh, not a Linux desktop, but just an all open source desktop before with Windows, right? So that it should have been easier. And I still have problems with file formats and yeah, things that are made in exactly. Excel. I mean, I'm not a monopolist by any means, but I certainly do see the value of having one system that can talk to all other systems. And even Mac people will say that they have trouble with file formats yep. still. Yeah, you know? that's a good point because it happens It's not if you're just on a, a Linux desktop. problem. Yeah, it even happens yeah. if you're on a Mac. There are now, still problems with Word. There's still problems with, with spreadsheet formats. And so to introduce yet a third big, big desktop player to the mix could be... Uh, just as complicated as the seven deadly flavors of Vista. You which know? is why we need open standards adopted yes. by everyone. Exactly. Which is why and we just... And not just the open standards that Microsoft invents and says are open. Just like in the early forms of communism <laughs> and socialism, if everyone would just follow the plan, yeah, if everything would, would be fine. Do the same thing. Yeah. And I got to admit, I find that kind of appealing. I'm not a communist either, but I like it when stuff just works. All right. We have a uh, phone call from Trip because I pleaded yesterday. Oh, yeah, we hadn't had voicemail in good a while. Good old trip. Good so, to hear you uh, again. Popped up. This is in response to the article we talked about yesterday about people uh, using their workplace computers to do nefarious things because they feel safer at work and driving IT people crazy. Uh-huh. And uh, Trip has a friend. A friend? Yeah. Let's listen. Hi, Tom and Molly. This is uh, Trip here. And uh, a guy I know, not me, uh, you know, may engage in riskier uh, computing, so to speak, at work more so than at home for maybe a few reasons. Like perhaps, uh, you know, it's not your computer. And if something does go wrong, what happens then? You have to miss out on the work that this particular person I'm talking about uh, may not want to be doing anyway? Huh? (laughs) Not that I... Uh, know this person that goes out and does it maliciously, but eh, if it happens, it happens. You know, sometimes you just gotta know if I won all that money in Nigeria, or if, you know, if I can really get such a great deal on uh, heart medicine. So, not me, just a guy I know. Keep up the good work. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. <laughs> That's. I see. I think I may know Trip's friend. <laughs> I think as I, well as I know Trip. <laughs> Trip's friend is so like him. Yeah, Trip's friend. Really? IT people have a gun trained on his head. You didn't win the money. <laughs> the Nigerians. <laughs> let, me just, let me just go ahead and tell you right only now. hurt you. The Nigerians cannot be trusted in this instance. <laughs> but uh, I like that perspective. All right, another email we got from Aaron. Uh, when we talked yesterday about the uh, idea of people being able to pay $80 to go through the security checkpoint at the airport faster. What? Yeah, you got you to gotta take a look at that. <gasps> I um, have some catching up to do. <laughs> uh, apparently, this is already going on to a certain extent uh, in, in Europe. He sent me a note from... Actually, it's already going on to a certain extent here. You just pay a lot more. It's called first class. Amsterdam. Well, no. I mean, the idea is that you don't even have to get searched. You, you barely have to. Yeah, I mean, you in barely first have class. To get you get a class. you get a faster line. Yes, but you still can get pulled Your aside. Is more cursory. Uh, I mean, the X-ray machines aren't, but it's the same. I've never seen anybody get pulled out of first class to get searched. Oh, well, they can. Anyway, and with the eighty dollars, you can't. That is insane. And apparently, there's a pass right now uh, called Privium, and <laughs> I was saying yesterday that 
well, you still have a card. There's still this is still open to problems because the eighty dollars service you just carry a card with biometric information on mm-hmm. it, so somebody can forge a card. Well, apparently this Privium thing in Europe, according to Aaron, uses iris scan. I looked it up mm-hmm. and they, on the website. They talk about this. So you, interesting. If you're a Privium person, you they ha- record your iris and right. then. All it does is allow you to pass through the passport check quicker. Because right. we're talking about this one going international from country to country. Right. But yeah, you go up and you scan your iris and you get to walk right interesting. through the line. And then yeah. all your... Per- it's interesting because things like that have come up before and uh, Americans tend to freak out just because they'll have to associate all their personal information with this scary technology. But I wonder if you said, hey, you don't have to go through the x-ray. You don't have to take off your dang shoes. Which, by the way, I've done like six times in the past four days because I was in Atlanta this weekend also. And uh, I might pay. I might give them all my information. $80. Put it in don't a database. Don't have to take off your care. shoes. <laughs> First class people still have to take off their shoes. $80. You want to take off shoes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> give us an email. Buzz at CNET.com. Thanks to the folks that emailed us already. And keep those voicemails coming. 1-800-616-CNET. You love them and we love them. Thanks, Bye-bye. Joe. Bye.